in Lubbock. Wow. Because Texas Tech Monday night will be playing for the national championship. Welcome one, welcome all. You are on once again with your boy, I'll be sure. And today on the Tortillas and Takes podcast, we are starting up a new series where we really take a look at all of the new entrants into the Big 12. Uh, we thought it was going to be only four new entrants. Now we really don't know how many new entrants we're going to be going to come in the conference. But we do know one team will be in the conference starting here, what's now being planned in 2023, uh, and that is UCF. So today, representing UCF is our guy Christian Simmons from the Pegasus Podcast. What is going on, Christian? Uh, yeah, doing well. I'm really excited to represent UCF as one of the 10 to 12 new teams joining the Big 12 in the next few years. So it's exciting times. That's right. That's right. And then also on this podcast, you know him, you love him, but it is the people's champ that is Jeremy Gillen. What's up, Jeremy? What is up, everybody? Christian, super glad to have you on. You're right on point. Big 12 has taken over the world. We will absorb as many teams as possible and become the super conference before the SEC or the Big 10 get a chance. That's right. That's, that's kind of what it seems like right now, right, Jerem? It's like, it's like you know what? We see you, SEC and Big Ten. You're trying to expand your ways. And we will take all of your leftovers and create this massive mega conference to compete with you. All right? And we're, and we're going to do it. And it's just going to be the, called the scorned, the scorned 24 or whatever we want to <laughs> call it. We're going right, for bulk here. We don't, need for, the, we don't need the cash cows. We'll, ha- we'll, take, to, to, we'll <laughs> take 20 cash calves and we'll, we'll match you. That's right. That's right. And so, um, so Christian, you got to get get on the boat. You know, you got to put your middle finger up with somebody. I'm sure you hate Florida, right? Or my, or you know, one some school out there that you're like, that's not USF. You don't have to worry about the bottom feeders anymore, right? You ain't gonna worry about them. They you're leaving them behind. Uh, but Christian, I do want to know. Tell us about the current state of UCF and especially the football program. Give us kind of the preview of what to expect uh, for tech fans who may be watching UCF for a full season for the first time. Yeah, so football is in a pretty interesting spot right now because, I mean, the expectations for UCF have just blown up in the last few years. I mean, they've been to three BCS slash New Year's Six Bowl since 2013. They had the undefeated season in 2017. So last year is kind of a weird year, especially if you're like me and have been around UCF your whole life because they went nine and four and it was considered like, and beat Florida in a bowl game. And it was considered like a down year by pretty much the whole fan base. And they had some factors that uh, contributed to that. I mean, they're, they didn't have their starting quarterback, starting running back, starting wide receiver for most of the season. They didn't have their top two, two defensive players most of the season. Misses on the from on the recruiting trail from the last coaching staff meant they had no depth. So nine wins was actually like a pretty impressive coaching job. But yeah, there's a lot more excitement going into this year just because UCF. I mean, one big thing since Gus Malzahn took over is, I mean, UCF is huge on the transfer portal. I mean, they only took 15 guys out of high school last year to leave room for those portal spots. And they brought in a, guy, a lot of guys to the portal. They brought in a guy who might end up as the starting quarterback. They brought in who will probably be their top wide receiver, who was Auburn's leading wide receiver last year. They brought in multiple guys who are going to start on defense. So I, UCF expecta- expectations for UCF this year is like conference title on their way out of the AAC or bust. I mean, that's pretty much the what the hope is for this season. I mean, we're about, we're going to interview two more teams that I feel like are going to say the same thing. Oh, they <laughs> so are. That yeah, be, yeah, that should be very interesting. I mean, so you did mention Gus Malzahn. Like, what is the relationship with y'all now? He's going into year three uh, at UCF. I mean, how how does the fan base feel about him? 
I mean, the fan base loves Gus. And part of that is because UCF was, was kind of in a weird spot with coaches the last few years because George O'Leary was the coach from 04 to 2015. So I, I know a lot of like the higher level group of five teams deal with coaching turnover, but UCF really didn't for most of its like modern success. Then Scott Frost came in and was gone after two years. Then Heupel came in and was gone after three years. So it's refreshing to have a coach that at least well, both publicly and privately, frankly, is acting like he does not want to leave any mayor. Any, he doesn't want to leave to go anywhere else. I mean, the Malzans love Orlando. They love, uh, he really believes he can build UCF into something. I mean, part of the reason he took the job was because they saw something like this coming. They didn't see it coming like, you know, months after he took the job of Texas and Oklahoma leaving. But so, yeah, the fan base is really big on Gus Malzahn. And I mean, UCF, the biggest change has really been recruiting. I mean, UCF doesn't really, you know, for the longest time, it was just about getting those like, middle tier to high tier three stars in Florida and sort of finding those guys that other teams might have missed on and building that way. And now, I mean, I mean, tomorrow UCF's hopefully expecting to have two four stars commit, which two four stars committing in the same day is something that like is unheard of at UCF until tomorrow. So yeah, fans are in love with Gus Malzahn for the most part. So speaking about somebody, you talk about somebody who just got there. What about somebody who just left? Do y'all hate Dylan Gabriel? Okay, so... I don't, but a lot of UCF fans are going to give you a different answer. Um, First of all, Christian, that was a very deep sigh before you started started to speak. You were like, okay, I wasn't expecting that one. All right. No, I figured it would come, but it's also just like, it's just like, that's been the topic for like, there's some UCF fans where it's like, okay, guys, he left, like it's time to get over it. And I think that like some of the animosity comes from because, so before Dylan Gabriel, UCF had Mackenzie Milton, who's widely considered the best player in program history, finished top 10 in Heisman voting twice. He led them to basically led them to -to back-to-back undefeated seasons, even though he got hurt at the end of the last one. And he essentially transferred out after 2020 because it was Dylan's team at that point. And then he went on to play at FSU. So there was frustration from UCF fans perspective of, you know, you, your best player in school history leaves so that this guy can start and then this guy leaves. But I don't know. It just, it was also one of those things where from the moment that Dylan got hurt at the start of last season, it felt inevitable, especially with the way NIL was going. Cause he had been a big NIL guy when he was at UCF that it was like, I mean, I said on our podcast the day after he got hurt, I'm like, I don't think we see Dylan Gabriel in a UCF uniform again that ended up coming true. So some fans are upset about it. I mean, I, I, you know, obviously expectations are higher for UCF if he stays, but it's also like UCF didn't really achieve what it was supposed to achieve while he was here. So it's not, it doesn't feel as big of a loss as to some it might, but yeah, that's kind of, if you ask the different UCF and you might get a different opinion. Some people are like, it's ridiculous. He should have stayed here all four years and blah, 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 blah. But that's, you know, that's 2022. Players leave. It happens. So we're join. looking at... What do you say? No, I was going to say, I was going to say, Christian, you can join all of us in hating Oklahoma. Like, that's that's kind of yeah, there you go to the Big 12. It's like initiation to the Big 12. Texas. Yeah, yeah, it is. It really <laughs> is. Uh, Christian, I was going to ask, you know, you're looking at, and we're talking about UCF night football right now, but we'll, we'll expand to the, you know, entirety of the programs as a whole. Um, but for the football program, I mean, you guys are on the up once again, like we were talking about, you know, uh, coaches that have come through between Scott Frost, Josh Hoople, um, Hoople, uh, Gus Malzahn, you've got kind of this ebb and flow, right? Uh, kind of a little bit of dip, then a big shot up, a little bit of dip, big shot up. And you keep going through this process and you think that, you know, Malzahn's going to stay for the long run. And even in Auburn, like he was comfortable with that job and, you know, he wanted to see that for the, the duration of it, but the SEC, a little more unforgiving if you don't uh, win a national championship every other year. You know, what is the expectations for UCF with this last year of 
kind of where you are before you get into the foray of the Big 12? Like, are you guys just kind of staying on pace? Like, let's just run the conference and get a really good bowl game or what? I mean, is, is there any kind of expectations for growth before you get into a completely different gauntlet? So this is going to sound incredibly cocky, and I'm not necessarily saying this is my specific opinion, but it's definitely the way UCF fans feel is UCF's football program started in 1979. And the expectation from that day has been that UCF's destiny is to be like an Ohio State. And that sounds crazy, but that's just always kind of been the way UCF has gone. I mean, they were a Division II team as recently as 30 years ago. They move up to FCS, a really su- successful in FCS. They move up to FBS. They were, I mean, they were in the MAC not even, you know, not even 20 years ago. They get from MAC to Conference USA. They start winning in Conference USA. Then they get to the AAC. They get in your six bowls. And it's kind of just always been that they feel like that's the recipe because you're this big school in the middle of Central Florida. I think they're number one in enrollment right now. Your average alumni age is 36. You've got alumni all over the country. And every level you've gone to, you very quickly succeed. I mean, UCF's first year in the AAC, they went to the Fiesta Bowl and beat Baylor. They knocked off top 10 Louisville of Teddy Bridgewater, who was supposed to win the league. They went out and beat Penn State. So UCF fans, I don't know how wise it is, but UCF fans are expecting this to be a very good year and that to carry right into the Big 12. I don't think the average UCF fan is expecting UCF to like win the Big 12 in year one or anything, but like this is supposed to be the year that sets the tone for UCF to be competitive right away. Like I don't think the fan base is going to accept coming in and being like four and eight, if that makes sense. I think they're going to need to have a winning record that first year. So this year is all about setting that foundation. And honestly, I mean, the bigger thing for this year too is, I mean, Gus Malzahn's pitch to recruits and transfers, it's their catchphrase right now is UCF is the future of college football. That's what they say to everyone. And last year was a good start for that. Despite a lot of injuries, you got to nine wins, you beat Florida and got to say best team in the state and rub that in Florida's face for an off season. But now's the kind of season to like start proving that, you know, like you can't, if you come out and go nine and four again, that, that starts to erode a little bit. So this year needs to be a top 25 season. I feel like that's pretty much where they're at. Wow, so that's actually, I'm not going to lie to you, that's actually pretty surprising from my end, right? Like, as I'm thinking, UCF is one of the best teams in the, in, in the G5 conferences, right? I, I, one of the tweets that I, I put out, the second Texas and Oklahoma left was is that uh, Big 12 needs to stop getting cute, go out and get the four best uh, group of five, t- uh, four biggest money-making group of five teams, which literally called it out, BYU, Cincinnati, Houston, UCF, and sure enough, that's what they did. They stopped getting cute and just said, hey, you four, we're not going to play around with this. Y'all are the ones that make the most money. Let's go. Um, but it's very interesting to hear the UCF side of thinking where you, where the belief it should be, right? That So do you think it's a situation where if UCF isn't winning right away, you have six and six, seven and five, eight and four, nine and three seasons, and it's not consistently going to BCS New York Six Bowls, that the fan base that right now is a pretty crazy and pretty big fan base will die a little bit? A little UH in them? I don't know. So luckily they're not like that. They're I mean, they UCF went 0 and twelve in twenty fifteen, which was a great a great year, and they were still I think they were third in attendance in the group of five that year when they went 0 and twelve. They averaged over thirty K. So the fan base sticks around. It's better, obviously, when they're not 0 and twelve, but no, I don't I don't know. Listen, as someone who's shared a conference with Houston for a decade now, I don't understand why that school doesn't have a fan base. Like you're Houston and you have a lot of success. I don't know where those fans are. Every time UCS played at Houston, the stadium's half dead. I don't get it. But no, I don't think that. So I don't worry about the fan base eroding at all. I just worry about Twitter being a very painful place because I I think UCF gets that first year. But part, I mean, there are reasons to expect. I think the big difference is because when you look at, OK, TCU and West Virginia came into the league, what, 10 years ago now, and they both had an adjustment period. You could argue West Virginia has been adjusting this entire time. It still hasn't really gotten to where they want to be. But 
a little bit of a difference for UCF is, I mean, UCF's a transfer portal destination just because of where they are. I mean, so many former blue chip recruits come out of Central Florida that just by default, you can get these guys to come home. So from UCF fans' perspective and from the coaching staff's perspective, they believe they should be able to upgrade the roster to where it needs to be really quickly because you don't necessarily need to go get high school kids and wait three years for them to be able to compete on the field. You can go get the transfers you need right now. And we've kind of seen that in the last two years. Yeah, absolutely. So we're talking about, I, I, you know, oh, no, you got it, Jeremy. Oh, I got it. Okay. Well, let's get it. Um, so you're talking about, so Big 12 is not just football, right? I mean, football is certainly is massive in Texas and massive in college football. College football is massive. But in the Big 12, basketball, baseball, these are huge monumental, like, elements of different parts of a, like, collegiate season. You know, where does UCF stack up in all these other big sports? And even the small sports, you know, Texas Tech especially loves to game it and, you know, track and field and women's soccer. Um, you know, we're trying to get back to the glory days of women's basketball. Like, how does UCF, like, what is the diversity of UCF's prowess when it comes to program? Because you talk about UCF's, like, history of football and this big moment, like, this, it's it's such a, I mean, Christian, it's, you you did such a good t- uh, job telling that story, man. It's such a really cool like culture that's built around UCF and this is history and the story and like the future of college football. I love that. But what about the rest of them? So men's basketball is going to be tough. Um, it's going to be a, a bit of a time for UCF. So men's basketball has UCF's a football school through and through and always has been. And men's basketball has never been much of a priority for any administration UCF has had. It doesn't have much of a budget. I mean, it, there was a, over the past off season, it came out, um, a website put all the budgets together and UCF was like in the hundreds of of, of uh, men's basketball budgets. So, and they they made the tournament back a couple years ago. They went to the second round, won their first ever tournament game, and they almost beat Duke and it didn't work out, but things have been pretty stagnant since then. They've had a lot of just sort of middle of the road years, and I think that the adjustment is going to be really really tough for men's basketball. The belief around the fan base is that men's basketball will get better simply from being in that league. I mean, you're going to be in the best basketball league in the world. And over time, you'll get more recruits. They just landed this past class, their highest rate recruit ever. And they've got, they got a former five-star transfer a year ago. So I think that will get there eventually. But for men's basketball, I don't know. I'm not super optimistic about UCF because it's just not a sport that UCF has felt the need to invest in in the past. And I don't know how much that's going to change when you're in the toughest league in the world. I think UCF's very good across the board in women's sports. Softball's on top of the world right now. Women's basketball just lost their coach, but also just had their best season ever and has been really good. I think those teams are going to come in, the women's teams across the board, and compete for conference titles right away. I mean, that's the level they're at. Um, Baseball's another one kind of like men's basketball, where Greg Lovelady has been the coach for, I think, five years now or six years. His first year, they went to a regional, had a good year, and then it's just been a lot of, like, you know— 60% 60% winning percentage seasons, but you don't really go anywhere. And that's another one where I feel like there's going to be a big adjustment period. So, and I think that's another reason for UCF fans really want football to get to where it is because men's basketball and baseball is probably not going to be so fun for the first couple of years until they can try to get their feet under them. I will say, uh, so UCF, for those that don't know, do invest quite a bit in softball and soccer. Um, that's actually, I've seen YouTube videos of both facilities. Like they're absolute gorgeous facilities. Uh, <clears throat> don't ask me why I'm up at two in the morning watching UCF facility videos <laughs> for soccer and softball, but it's there. UCF doesn't do a great job. I will say that, um, as dominant as UCF has been in both soccer and softball, I think that dominance may come to a little bit of a halt, especially in the softball side. When you have Oklahoma and Oklahoma state in the big 12, uh, as far as currently beating tech, I can't, I can't, uh, I can't 
pump up the Red Raiders too much right now because uh, we're we're trying we're we're trying but um but yeah no I do think that on the women's side a lot of some of those sports UCF will be able to come along it is but you're right men's basketball and baseball it's going to be a uh, uh, the Big Twelve ain't the easiest sport for in, if you're trying to come along I do think on UCF side Christian tell me if I'm wrong a good team to look at program to look at is TCU. TCU had it was in an even worse spot basketball wise than UCF is. Um, they didn't invest in their basketball program whatsoever. I think at the time they were like the worst team in the Mountain West, and then decided to come up to the Big Twelve. Um, and they started out awful. They are no longer awful. Is where they are right now. So yeah, it's, it's, that it's, it's funny. TCU was kind of the model of why I tried to turn some other fan bases in the AAC who thought they were just like Memphis. What you know, Memphis fans like to talk about. They're like, we're going to go to the Big Twelve because our basketball team is amazing. And I'd be like, you know, TCU was awful in pretty much every sport but football, and they're the ones that got in last time. Like football drives the bus. So I don't know how much that stuff's going to matter. But no, I mean TCU is kind of like the model that UCF fans are hoping for. Because, you know, the Big 12, I mean, there's just not another basketball league that's going to rival it. And the idea kind of becomes it's why UCF used to lose recruits. It's like, would a recruit rather be on a team that right now is near the bottom of that league? Or would they rather be on a team that's just in a much worse league? And can you start building up that way? So a lot of UCF fans think a coaching change needs to happen at the men's basketball program for that to happen. I don't really agree. I think it's more like the program needs to have more money to compete. But We'll see what happens. Like I said, they just got their best, their top rated recruit ever. So they're, they're getting there, but I just, I don't see, I don't see what can happen in the next year. That's going to jump them from what they are now to being able to compete. So long-term hoping they pull a TCU, but uh, 2023, 2024, not going to be so much fun. (laughs) (laughs) Well, so you're kind of already going in the direction that we're, we're think I was going to next, which is really thinking about what coming to the big 12 does for UCF, right? Like UCF is a, is a, is a program that, you know, you've talked about has been angling, angling for the next step, angling not to stay in the AAC forever, which let's face it, the AAC has always felt in the past decade, like a conference that was on the verge of, there's a bunch of teams trying to fight to get out of it. Right? Like uh, we kind of all came together because we had no home and now we just want to leave as soon as possible. Um, and UCF got the golden ticket, right? You got the golden ticket out of there. So what does going to the big 12 do for UCF, not just in football for it, but overall? Well, I mean, my answer would have been different a week ago than now, given what's going on with USC and UCLA and everything else. I mean, it's a little bit of deja vu for UCF fans right now, because back in 2010 and 2011, UCF got into the Big East, which back then was a BCS conference. And that was their big we made it moment. You know, we worked it up. We're here. And then within a year of them joining, the Big East had collapsed. Everyone had left the AAC formed from the remnants. And now they get in the Big 12 and we're like, we did it. We're power five. We finally made it. Now it's like maybe it's a power two. We'll see. So there it's kind of a little bit of deja vu. But either way, it's just I mean, I think if the, if the moves that have been talked about on Twitter the last couple of days happen or even close to happening, the Big 12 is going to be the third best league in college football. So for UCF, that changes everything because I mean, there were this has been a thing I, when Malzahn got here this past year, when he started recruiting before we knew the Texas, Oklahoma, anything like that, they literally had kids. And this is like literally what happened where a kid would come see campus, love it like a high rated kid. And he would say to the coaching staff, I love UCF. This campus is amazing, but I'm a power five player and I need to go to the power five. And it's, that has just been deja vu for years for now. So how it changes is that those kids now are like, Oh, you're not playing temple and Tulane and East Carolina. You're going to be playing Oklahoma state and Texas tech and Baylor. And 
that has changed everything in the last year in a lot of sports. So, and of course, on top of all that, I mean, UCF's biggest thing is they've, I mean, the reason that UCF and Houston Cincinnati got the call from the AAC is they've been spending like power five teams for years. I mean, they, they'll go in debt, they'll do whatever they have to do. And having that much more money to play with now, I mean, the AAC paid out $7 million last year. So just trying to compete, I mean, on facilities and everything else is hard when you're getting 7 million and these other teams are putting away 30, 40 million. So from that, from both a branding perspective and a financial perspective, it's just UCF feels like they're finally in position to be what they always felt like they should be. If that makes and sense. Now you, and now you can be on prime time television at 11 a.m. doing kickoffs yes. in Lubbock, Texas. <laughs> I have that. I can't wait. We, we love noon games here in Central Florida where it's 95 degrees for all of uh, hey, September man. and October. We can resonate. At least it's dry <laughs> in Lubbock. Okay, you yeah. keep mentioning the AAC. So you're coming to the Big 12. That's the big thing. But what like what are the emotions? Like What are the feelings for UCF fans, for you know people that you know and, and involved in this? about leaving the AAC because like you said you know UCF is like a next step up kind of team a next step up kind of program um what are the feelings of leaving the AAC because this is kind of where you guys really got your national attention yeah it it varies a little bit from fan to fan to be honest and it varies by program to program when you're looking at the other teams so I think most UCF fans are going to look back fondly on the AAC era because I mean UCF had had success before the AAC they'd been in the top 25 they you know they'd won conference titles 10 11 win seasons but the AAC is we always like to say the AAC is where they went from Central Florida to UCF and people just knew what the school was you know and you had that brand recognition I mean you went to three near six bowls from this league you won two of them you had multiple top 25 seasons multiple conference titles so it, I mean, fans are happy to get out because the goal of that league for everyone who joined it was to eventually get out. But there are fond memories. And as far as the other teams, it varies by fan base. I mean, there's a big split among UCF fans about how to feel about the fact that USF isn't coming. I mean, that's been, you know, UCF's like really only main rival for their entire history. And USF very famously blocked UCF from joining the Big East 15 years ago. So a lot of fans are like, this is what you deserve. Some other fans, I kind of fall into the camp where I'm like, <laughs> you know, I want to play. I want to play USF. I hate them, and I like beating them. And it sucks that there's because then there's no plans to schedule a series with them or anything going forward. So it's kind of a weird fifty-fifty of like, haha, but also that's too bad. So mm, yeah, very good point. I, I will say, I will say when it comes to UCF, and you kind of talked about this a little bit, um, but the move to the Big Twelve should ascend UCF a little bit more. And I do think that the better UCF is, the better it is for the rest of the Big 12 as well, right? Um, because, listen, you're, you're the only school in Florida. So now that you're leaving USF, now that you're, say, bye, little brother, you're out. All right, I don't know who the little brother, big brother. They're like twin brothers, I guess. <laughs> bye, twin. <clears throat> We're out of here. Um, you're the only school in Big 12 in Florida. And the better you are, the more recruits in Florida will be willing to come to you know and this is, is a fact of the matter we'll be willing to come to texas tech or to baylor or to, to oh sure we'll come because we get to go play in front of our friends and family in florida you know once every other year like that's that kind of does help out the conference as a whole being the only school in florida i mean do you think being the only school in florida helps ucf out even more than it helps everybody else out oh absolutely i i mean so let me give you what the grand recruiting theory is for ucf going forward into the big 12 when you look at teams that left the Big 12 in the past, right, you look at Nebraska, Colorado, Missouri, all of the teams that haven't had success after leaving are the ones that aren't in Texas because they couldn't dip into Texas recruits anymore. And UCF has this concept that, OK, we're in the middle of one of the most fertile recruiting grounds in the country in Florida. We're going to be playing multiple road games every year in the other most recruit, most fertile recruiting ground in the country. 
how can you marry that together where you're keeping your guys home and you're also dipping into Texas for really good players? And can you build up that way to become a really, really good team? So that's kind of the concept. And I mean, I, you know, there was a, I forget who reported, there was an article like right after this happened that like uh, pretty much every big 12 team, if they're going to go to pods or permanent opponents, want UCF as theirs because they want those games in Florida. And I know UCF, they want the Texas teams. They want Houston or Baylor or Texas Tech or whoever they can get. They want those games. So from a UCF perspective, it is just like you feel like you can sort of get the best of both worlds with recruiting. And frankly, it's a huge advantage for the Big 12 as well. I mean, you want a presence in Florida, not just for your league, but I mean, if you can keep guys who, you know, Big Ten and SEC are their own thing, but if you can keep some Florida guys who might go ACC and maybe they're more interested in Big 12 football, I mean, that just helps the stature of that conference even more. Will there be an ACC in two years? I don't know. All the conferences are reorganizing. I have no idea, but, you know, never a bad thing to have a team in Florida. Don't it, don't it feel good like you're now in the more stable conference while you're, it feels Florida, so good. While you're Florida State and Miami <laughs> brethren are like, oh, we don't know we're gonna, what's going to happen. We've never felt this way before. The chaos is always bad. And now we're just like, yeah, maybe we'll take Colorado, maybe Utah. Who cares? We're just, yeah, we're just sitting back with all the Big 12 teams. Well, I mean, Big 12 has been like, I feel like my whole life, the Big 12 has always been like one crisis to the next. So it's got to feel good just as Big 12 fans to be like, to oh, be like hey, God, yes. we're calling the shots. Absolutely. Absolutely. So what else does UCF bring to the Big 12 besides just being the lone school in Florida? Um, I mean, I think one of the big th- biggest things you're bringing is just a really, really good fan base and a really good atmosphere. I mean, UCF, I mean, outside of the pandemic season where fans weren't allowed, UCF hasn't lost a home game since 2016. Um, it's a really good atmosphere. I think that's only going to get better. I mean, they were get, I mean, they were getting sellout crowds for like Tulane. So I think that that's just that atmosphere is going to get even better. And I think it just brings what the Big 12 needed right now, which was just, you know, you lost Texas and Oklahoma. There is no other Texas and Oklahoma. And UCF's not sitting here like we're going to be the next Texas or something like that. Like we're crazy, but hey, we're not that crazy. You just said you're going to be Ohio State, okay? Well, exactly. We're, aim- we're aiming higher. The we're aiming higher. UCF. The oh, there UCF. You go. There you go. <laughs> um, but I think it's just, you know, it's just another really, really good potential brand. And I like, and we'll see what teams they add. But as of the 12 that we know are going to be in the league, one thing that's got UCF fans excited is anyone can win that league. I mean, I feel like any year there can be anywhere from like six to eight teams that are like, we feel like we can win the conference title this year. And that can just make for such a fun league. We can't wait to see what rivalries develop. Like we never would have imagined 10 years ago, we would hate Cincinnati with all our hearts, but now we do. So like, we can't wait to see what big 12 team we can't stand in five or six years. But yeah, I think it's just the big 12 is interesting because it maybe doesn't have like, it doesn't have an Ohio state or anything like that, but it has just like a really unusually high ratio of just really, really good programs that can win some really, that can win a lot of games. Well, I'm not talking about really good programs. Uh, Texas Tech. No, I'm just joking. Um, <laughs> uh, I was going to say, you want to talk about uh, filling out a stadium. We will fill out your basketball arena. I bet you the first time Texas Tech plays UCF in Orlando that you will have more Tech fans there than UCF fans. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm not it, arguing with whole, you. I'm sure you're it's correct. It's a whole thing, buddy. It's a whole thing. I'm sure that's going to be like the... They're going to be like a little pin of like, I went to Orlando. Like, I made the trip. Like, uh, crazy. Um, so let's talk a little bit about this this budding relationship like what are you know what are the perceptions of texas tech from ucf fans or people that you know uh because this is not like a you know we don't we don't hardly butt elbows with you guys at all but you know we're going to be somebody in your conference is there any kind of like idea or like was there anything going on in that arena so it depends on like the informed level of the fan. As far as the general fan base, frankly, no. I don't think Texas Tech is really on their radar. The teams that UCF fans talk about a lot are the ones they're coming in with. 
BYU and Oklahoma State. I don't know why those are the teams that UCF is obsessed with, but those are the teams UCF fans are excited mm-hmm. about playing. BYU, be BYU. BYU we have a little <laughs> bit of a history with, and you know they just killed us in a bowl game a few years ago. They came to our stadium and lost a few years before that, so I get that. But at the higher level of the fan base, like the diehards, yeah, people are sort of keeping an eye on Texas Tech because now they've got McGuire coming in. It's kind of like, is this going to be a problem? So from that perspective, yeah, there's some awareness of Texas Tech. And I think part of it is, we're still kind of waiting to see what the scheduling format is going to be of this league, but I don't know how often I don't, I don't expect Texas Tech to be in a pod or a permanent opponent of UCF. So that's probably why, you know, we're seeing a little more. I listen, I don't know. I, I got I, I got an arguments with this with fans because so I, I put up on my website, Night Sports Now, I put up a ranking of the travel destinations of all the Big 12 schools from a UCF perspective. Like, where do you want to go? Did not go Bruh. over well. Everyone was angry. It was not good. Um, but I put Stillwater. I think I had Stillwater second to last. And all these UCF fans were like, what are you talking about? Like, their stadium's amazing. I'm like, okay, but it's Stillwater. I went the Stillwater yes. tourism website. The, I went to the restaurant section of the actual Stillwater tourism website, and the first link was to an Arby's. That's a real thing that happened. Oh, my so, God. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why everyone wants to go to Oklahoma State. But, yeah, oh, UCF fans are really excited to play them. <clears throat> I don't hate Stillwater, to be honest. I, I think Stillwater and Lubbock are actually very similar. Uh, except I have not eaten I have not eaten in Stillwater and Lubbock's actually a very good food town. Um, very, very good food time. You'll be you'll be very surprised how good of food actually the best uh, still to this day, um, the best uh, um, Thai food I've ever mm. had in my life. And I'm from Houston, mm. full of Thai food around. In yeah. Houston, there's Thai food everywhere. I can have as much Thai food as I want. The best Thai food I've ever had is Thai pepper in Lubbock, Texas. So, um, so yeah, that's the, I think that's the biggest difference is that Lubbock's bigger than Stillwater, and that <clears throat> we our food is a, a ten times better. Um, so I don't usually I usually don't talk down on Stillwater, but I, I'm talking about cities to visit and <laughs> the Big Twelve. I'm not. Well, like not I said, I don't know. Now. It's I, I don't know what it is about UCF fans in Oklahoma State. Oh, I will say one thing: the UCF fans know is the tortillas. I don't know what that's about, but UCF fans are very interested yeah. in getting tortillas thrown at them so that's been a whole thing but yeah i don't know what yeah. the oklahoma state deal is <laughs> they don't do anything cool like that man they're lame yeah well i mean one thing that i think ucf fans can really get excited about on the tech side and in lubbock in general is really getting somebody that's going to help them with their finances and they know here if they come to texas tech they can get air to lubbock they can get with adam goldman the franchise coach at franchisecoach.net that's right adam goldman he is our main franchise consultant here at Tortillas and Takes Podcast, and he can be yours too. He's an experienced investor, an entrepreneur, franchisee, all that, and he's going to help you get the franchise that you want and really expand your portfolio in our times. I mean, interest or inflation is crazy right now. You got to make more money. He's going to help you make more money. That's Adam Goldman at thefranchisecoach.net. And Christian, let me ask you, how much would you pay for this service? Quite a bit, huh? Probably a lot. If you got franchise coach, you wouldn't have to pay a single penny. It is from up front. It is free up front. He doesn't get paid until you get paid. He takes it on the back end. So only my guy, Adam Goldman, would do that for you. And he'll do it for all of us. Anyone listening here to say that you are with the Tortillas and Takes podcast when you go get your franchise from the franchise coach at franchisecoach.net. So Christian, looking in your crystal ball here. Look at the future. You kind of talked about how right now Tech's not really on UCF fans' radar. And uh, to be frank, I don't think UCF is really on Tech's radar too much. Um, But we could be. We could be. We could be that team that is bitter rivals with UCF, right? That we're just like, you know what? Those guys out in Florida, we already have this weird thing with USF that I'll tell you later. Um, 
Yeah, I, I, it's we had a bowl we game like with them fights. a few years back, <laughs> and the the USF just something about that fan base is really weird. They still bring it up every now and again because they haven't had any success since that bowl game, whatever. <laughs> um, but uh, what do you think that the UCF Texas Tech relationship will be here in the future? I think very contentious. Um, so one other thing I should have said about UCF's fan base is that UCF, both the actual school and athletics department and the fan base have always understood that hate equals attention. And if you can get people to hate you, you are in the conversation. You saw that with the national champ stuff in 2017. So UCF is not afraid to piss off other fan bases. And from what I've seen on Texas Tech on Twitter, Texas Tech doesn't seem like they're afraid to piss off other fan bases either. So... I think it's one of those things where if they have a good game, I think that could quickly become like a really contentious relationship, which I kind of love. You want to build those, you want to build those rivalries. No one loves being nice to each other. That's right. That's right. Back in the day, in the old Big Twelve, my favorite things we hated everybody. A and M hated them. Oklahoma hated them. Oklahoma <laughs> State hated them, and obviously Texas hated them. Um, so yes, no, we we don't we don't like to play nice. People, people don't like us, and we don't like people. So it's great. Yeah, it's going to be a fun um, mix because that's pretty much how UCF feels. So should be a good game whenever, whenever we get it. Absolutely. Absolutely. My last question really I have for you, Christian, is this. Do, are y'all, do y'all take that national championship serious? Like, is it real? Yeah. No, it is. I I, I know everyone. Like, Yo. so there's two sides to it. The side, it, like, listen, it was largely done because they felt like that was the best way to capitalize on it. And I kind of feel like that's been proven. I mean, the off season after that, all that was talked about was UCF. I remember I used to be able to search UCF on Twitter and it was, who's talking about UCF today? Is it SportsCenter? Is it Bleacher Report? Whatever. And you compare that to someone like Cincinnati who had what is the bigger accomplishment of making the playoff and they lose to Alabama and they're just gone and no one's talked about Cincinnati since. And so it was kind of a way to you know, you have this big season, you have to find a way to stay in the spotlight. And that was kind of the genesis of where that came from. And it was also just, you kind of forget how different things are that. I mean, Cincinnati just went undefeated and made the playoff, you know, and Houston's had that in the moment. I mean, UCF went undefeated that year. They played and beat three top 25 teams, which was as many as Bama. And they were 12th in the final playoff ranking. So it was just kind of, it wasn't like UCF thought they should be in the playoff. It was more just like not even being remotely in the conversation was a surprise. So but it, it is a real thing. And, you know, if you ask UCF fan about it, it's the same, you know, it's how is it any less real than any other championship that was not earned a national championship game? I mean, Bama, Bama has a banner hanging from a season. They went eight and four and finished 23rd in the AP poll. So, and they claim that in their record book. So if they can, if they can claim that, we're going to claim a national championship for being the only undefeated team in the country. So I will say this, the Kali matrix named y'all national champs. You have something yeah. that legitimately said y'all were national champs. So because I think that validated it more than at least in my mind, the reason I, I do give you some solace is that because the because you had some poll say that you were national champs in the history of college football, that's how it's how it's always worked. As long as yeah. one poll calls you a national champion, you're going to put in your record books, and you got that. It was like the last poll to do it. It was like literally <laughs> past midnight from all the polls being turned in, but they did it, and therefore you they did it. So some chaos, yep. And, you, you know, UCF fans say on Twitter this day, you pull up the NCAA record book 2017, you've got national champions Alabama, and then there's a little asterisk that says UCF and the Coley Matrix. So we'll leave out that UCF claimed the title before the Coley Matrix came out. We'll just ignore that part, but it's fine. <laughs> That's right. Well, Christian, before we let you go, we'd be remiss. Jeremy wouldn't let me do it. He would not let me get you out of here without getting on the hot seat, um, making sure that this and the hot seat is this is listen, I've been telling you beforehand, this is going to be a nice, fun little pod. We've had people get raked over the coals for their answers on the hot seat. But as long as you don't say Waco is a better 
college town than Lubbock, then I feel like you have nothing to be worried about because that's just blasphemous. Um, <laughs> so are you ready to go? I'm scared, but sure, let's do it. <laughs> that's all right. Are you going to miss playing USF? Yeah, 100%. Who would you consider your biggest rival in the new Big 12? Cincinnati. UCF and Cincinnati fans hate each other. No doubt about it. That one's not going to be fun. <laughs> your favorite UCF athlete of all time? Uh, Mackenzie Milton. Easy. Your favorite music artist? Oh, no. I don't know. I don't know if I have a favorite. I'm a very eclectic music guy. I just kind of listen to whatever's out there. So wow, ha! Can't get roasted if you don't give an answer. Somebody say Drake on here. You can, you can be, you can. It's not Drake. It's not Drake. You can be that guy if you want, man. It's okay. We've had it. No, it's definitely not Drake. I would love to know who said that though. That's great. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't have an answer ready. I'm not sure. Uh, Are Houston, Cincinnati, and Orlando college towns? Uh, no, <laughs> like, sorry, but no. I know some UCF fans are gonna like I said that. UCF is big in Orlando, but it's not a college town; it's a city. <laughs> mm. there you go. Houston uh, is definitely Jordan not. Jordan, is that a real question? It is. I don't know. We did have the last person on the pod say LeBron, so I do want to point that out there. Okay, um, last person well, out of the pod. They're wrong, say but LeBron. congrats to them. He is. He is. He is also <laughs> young. Um, <laughs> Dante Culpepper or Pat Mahomes? I mean, I have to go Dante Culpepper, UCF alum, you know? Is that true? Maybe yeah. not, but I have to say Dante Culpepper. I, okay, I respect that. I respect that. I was about to say, are you going to lie for your fan base or not? I would do the same. I'm not going to lie to you. I'll do uh, anything for you. What is your favorite restaurant in Orlando? Uh, favorite restaurant in Orlando? My favorite restaurant in the world is Olive Garden, and I'm allowed to say that because I'm Italian, so... There you go. As far as restaurants <laughs> around UCF. Does that make it worse? That yeah. Worse no, it makes it way worse. You, you can't even... Don't wow. worry. I get killed on this for Twitter on this like regularly. So as far as like not a chain restaurant or like a small chain restaurant, yeah. Forever's Barbecue is great by UCF. So is Lazy Moon, which is a pizza place. Those are the top places by UCF. But your answer was which Olive Garden. Current- my, my answer was Olive Garden. Oh, yeah. <laughs> which of the current Big 12 teams are you most excited to play? His Wi-Fi went out again. Oh, did it really? Come on, man. We had five more minutes. (laughs) (laughs) He's back. He's back. back. Okay, here we go. (laughs) All right, we only got a couple more. All right. Which of the current Big 12 teams are you most excited to play? Uh, Texas Tech. Probably Baylor. Probably Baylor. (laughs) (laughs) I like the first political answer, but there you go. Um, and better tortilla, corn or flour? Oh, I don't know what the right answer is. For t- I don't know. I like flour tortillas. Is that a bad answer? I mean, there's, there okay. is no That's wrong an answer. answer. That's an answer. I feel like I'm being judged now. Yeah. I don't know. You're no, not, no, no, we're not no a big... You just, no you just chose a team. We're That's not a big tortilla did. city. I just kind of <laughs> eat what's at Publix, you know? <laughs> <laughs> So answers that may so that is the hot seat questions. Thank you, Christian Simmons, for coming on the podcast. Um, answers that could get you raked over the cold are: I just go to Publix. Um, Olive Garden is my favorite restaurant, and I'm Italian. Uh, <laughs> and then, and actually, those are the really the main ones. I feel like the rest of them you're fine with. Those two, though, I don't. <laughs> I don't know. I said way worse oh, stuff. Oh, no, podcasts. not answering the favorite music artist. Everybody got a favorite music artist. 
You oh yeah, I just bailed on that one. Yeah, that's a yeah. good one. <laughs> <laughs> so, but thanks, Christian, for coming here on the podcast. We really appreciate it. Um, and best thing about being UCF is that you're not USF because we all share the same hatred. Uh, Absolutely, for USF because they're just they're just weird. I don't. I can't they are. really explain. They're just weird. They've got um, beef with Texas so, Tech somehow. I mean, come on. I don't. I, I can't even explain it, man. Can't even explain <laughs> it. Uh, Christian, tell everybody where they can find you on all socials and anywhere else. Yes, yeah, so you can find me on Twitter at by C.A. Simmons. Uh, I got some good UCF tweets. I've got a lot of Big 12 tweets. I tweet about realignment way more than I should, even when realignment's not going on. Um, you can find the Pegasus podcast on Apple or Spotify, and then you can check out Night Sports Now, which is where our written content is. Thank you very much, Christian. We love having you on. And you are, like I said, the first episode on our series about the new Big 12 entrance. Uh, so... First, you, you were first in the nation in 2017, and now you're first on this here podcast for the new Big 12 players. So you're, you're used to being first a lot. That's what UCF <laughs> does. Finishes first. That's right. That's right. Uh, Jeremy, anything else you want to say to the people? It's getting weird. Every time we do one of these, we're getting a little closer to football season. Glad to have Christian on to preview a little bit of what UCF brings to the table. Um, man, we have a lot of really cool podcasts and a lot of really cool guests coming up. That's right. That's right. Um, yeah, we have a lot of we have a lot of good guests coming on. Um, I don't think we'll have another guest that says Olive Garden is their favorite restaurant, but who knows? Who knows? Who Olive knows? Garden. Maybe they, Christian they will have, have a soul ending, partner out there. They do have never ending breadsticks, so I can't be mad at that, right? Um, so if anyone else you know, says Olive Garden, send them my way. Like I want to chat with them. Like that'd be great. <laughs> you can start a community group. Yeah, yeah. there we go. That'll be its own I guarantee podcast. You, I guarantee you, Christian. If somebody else says Olive Garden, you are the first person I will send them to. Great. That's okay. all I'm asking for. That's go. all I'm asking for. <laughs> there we go. All right. Well, that's all we got here on the tortillas and the takes. Uh, for Christian Simmons, for Jeremy Gillen, this is Albie Shore, and you have been listening to the TNT podcast, part of the Ten Twelve Network, and the official podcast uh, for Red. RedRaiderSports.com. As always, stay wrecked, people.